came out back to you, Lord. My Father, we give you thanks for that. And now, Father, as we open your word, we pray that you might uh, speak to us from it, that you would teach us, that you would lead us, that you would challenge us, encourage us. And, uh, Father, we pray that we might uh, be uh, strengthened through your word, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, we ask that you would speak through me uh, and not uh, my own ideas or my own uh, thoughts or... But, Father, we pray that it might be your spirit that speaks this afternoon. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I said I want to have a look at Psalm 19. Um, and uh, just sort of been thinking a lot lately about knowing God and uh, knowing the God that we love, knowing the God that we serve that we worship, that we praise, the one that we cry out to when life doesn't seem to go the way we plan, the one that's been prayed already that provides for us, and the one who holds all things or has all things in his control. Um, I was planning on going, finishing on, or going, continuing through First Peter, uh, but this afternoon through the week, uh, sitting down, getting things, thoughts ready, uh, I was led to Psalm 19 and to speak about um, the, the way in which God reveals himself in, in this psalm uh, to us, to, to the world, and to his people. Uh, so we'll read the psalm together, and then we'll go through it sort of a little bit by bit. By bit. Um, from verses 1 to 6, we've got the work of God in creation, and the story that that tells and then from verse 7 to 14, we've got the Word of God and the story that that tells us uh, and the different ways in which God uh, shows himself to us. Verse, uh, chapter 19, Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no power... Nor uh, no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set up a tabernacle for the sun, or a tent for the sun, which is like the bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run the race. His rising is from one end of heaven uh, and its circuit is to the other end and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is, is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired than gold, yes, they are much than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the, uh, from the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from my secret faults. Keep, me, keep back your servant also from, the, from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. 
Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my God, and my strength and my Redeemer. So the story that creation tells us in those first few verses is of a God uh, who is faithful. Uh, the fact that there is a God to begin with. So we really have no idea how big the universe is. And if I was to quote numbers, it would be only numbers that I've read somewhere else, and, and I will in a minute. But, uh, but we don't really understand how big the universe really is. Um, if I said that the light from the furthest star that we can see is 10 billion years away, travelling at the speed of light, which is 300,000 kilometres a second, it sounds big, but can we really comprehend it? Can we understand it? It's, it's, it's far too big for us to understand. <laughs> I don't even know what 10 billion looks like. If you were to write 10 billion out, it would be one and followed by 10 zeros. Um, it's... Um, 10,000 lots of a million. If you're speaking in money terms, it's a lot of money. Um, One billion is a thousand million. The sun is almost uh, 150,000 kilometres from Earth. And we we can't comprehend how far that is. The distance around the Earth is 40,075 kilometres. Even that is hard to imagine and hard to understand. Difficult to comprehend. So just understanding how big space is, we just can't do it. Um, But one thing I know is that as big as space is, the God who created it is able to understand it and is able to keep it in his control. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, Before he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So the heavens themselves tell us that there is a creator. If we look up at the sky and think that, that just happened of its own accord, you know, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You think the Bible doesn't, if you, know, if you think that that creation and God don't make sense, it makes less sense to me to think that it all came from nothing. Amen. Uh, so the heavens themselves, creation, tells us that there is a God. <coughs> Verse 2 says, Day unto day utters speech, and the night reveals knowledge. There is more than enough evidence in one day to convince people that there really is a God. You know, the, the, the universe is giving a speech. It's not using words. It's, it's, it's giving a speech by its very existence that there is a God who created it. Amen. And if people take time seriously to think these things through, and they they come to that conclusion that there must be a creator, if things have, have been created, there must be a creator. Looking at the 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 the, the heavens, looking at each day, we can see that the Creator must be big and powerful. 
But the day by day, every day, you know, the sun comes up, goes through the sky, and then goes down again. You know, that's how we that's how we refer to it. But that reminds us, or speaks to us, of His faithfulness. It's there every day. What, what would happen if the sun didn't come up tomorrow? Yeah, it would be chaos. You know, God has set these things in place, and they happen all the time. It, it reminds us that God is faithful. There is no speech in verse 3, nor are there words where, uh, whose voice is not heard. It's saying everywhere on earth can see that evidence. Every, every person on earth, there, there's no language that it can't speak to. Every person on earth can look at the stars, can 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 be reminded of or, or, or be made aware of how big God is. <coughs> the heavens declare the glory of God. They actually declare that there is a God to begin with. Their voice goes through all the world, all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them, uh, it says, He has set a tent for the sun. And that's what it looks like. That the sun comes out of its tent in the morning and it progresses through the sky. It says they're like a strong man running the race. It doesn't stop and start. It doesn't go faster for one for one hour and then slow up for the next. It, it is consistent, the same as God is. He's not all over the place. He's not a God of confusion. He's a God of consistency and a God of faithfulness. And that's what creation can tell us. That's what creation speaks about. When we, when we look into it and we, we try and understand a little of what, uh, what God has created, not just for us to use and not just for us to look at, but to remind us of who He is, or that He exists, and what He has done for us. Like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, like a strong man that runs its course with joy, its rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end. And there is nothing that is hidden from its heat. It's the creation doing the job it was created to do. And it speaks of a creator who is faithful and consistent. And the one that we can turn to, the one that we can depend on, the one that we can uh, rest in, the one that we can find salvation in, the one who loves us, and the one who is dependable and trustworthy, faithful and true. And you know, it, it says that, that everyone on earth has the, the ability or the, the possibility of reasoning these things through to come to the conclusion that there must be a God. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 18 and 20 it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven amongst all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what, what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For, he, for His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. 
everyone has the possibility of coming to the, the conclusion that there must be a God who created the, the heavens and the earth. Therefore, if he created those things, he created us. If he created us, then we're answerable to a God uh, who is going to, to judge the living and the dead, the Bible tells us. And it's, it's essential that we uh, come to him, we, we, we um, believe on him, we repent of our sins and we cry out to him for mercy. Uh, because Jesus, as we remember, Jesus has taken the punishment that we deserve. It's, it's no longer the punishment that we face. It says there that we are without excuse because he's revealed himself to us in creation. The heavens, go back to verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. In uh, Romans chapter 2, we're moving into uh, verse 7 here about the law or the word. We've had the work of God and how it reveals that there is a God. We've got the work, uh, the, the words of God or the law of God. In Romans chapter 2 and verse 14, it says, For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law unto themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work that the work of the law is written on their hearts, uh, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse them, or even excuse them. On that day, when on that day, when according to my gospel, God judges the secret sins of men by Christ Jesus. Here in Romans, it's speaking about the unsaved those who don't know Jesus as their saviour, having the law written on their hearts. Again, it's, it's, it's evidence or evidence that, that God is, that there is a God. Um, somebody has said, the starry sky above, above me and the moral law within me are two things which with uh, which fill my which fill the soul with an ever increasing admiration and reverence. So the fact that there is creation and, and that God is speaking through His creation, revealing Himself through His creation, and the fact that there is a moral law within us that, that tells us what is what right from wrong should increase our admiration and our reverence for God. The writer of the psalm changes his, his tact or his direction here in verse 7. Talking about, again, previously he was talking about how God reveals himself through creation, specifically the sun and the earth and revolving around it. Um, to be speaking about how God reveals himself through his word. Now I think that's significant, the change there, he goes from the, the uh, earth revolving around the sun to speaking about the word of God and I think for us the picture there is that that should be the centre of our existence. We, our life should revolve around the Word of God. 
The more we read the Word of God, the more we know the Word of God, the more we understand the Word of God, that's God speaking to us, and the more we know of Him, and the more we know Him. Um, <coughs> the Word, the, the creation tells us of an Almighty God, the, the powerful, awesome God, the, the law or the Word of God tells us of a God who entered into a covenant relationship with his people. The works of God or creation show us his knowledge and power. The word of God shows us his love and grace. It says there in verse 7, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the law is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts or the principles, the general rule of the Lord is right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Fear here is speaking of, is another word for, for the law that we sh should cause us to be obedient and honouring to God. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 10, um, it says, how on that day that you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, the Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, that I may let them hear my words, so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children so. Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, Moses has just been told that he's not going to enter the promised land because of his disobedience to God. He, he, he would have remembered what he did. In, and the consequence of that was not being allowed to enter the promised land. He was told to speak to the rock and the water would come, come out and the people, the children of Israel would be able to drink. But instead of speaking to the rock, he hit it with his staff. And the consequence of disobeying God was that he was not allowed to enter into the promised land. Now, and he would have been thinking about that when he was writing here um, you know, when God says to him that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on this earth. That they may hear my words hear my words so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on earth. And that they may teach their children to do so. That they shall learn to obey me all the days that they live on earth. That's what he's saying there. We, we need to be obedient to the Word of God. Not enough just to read it. We need to be able to putting it, be putting it into practice. More to be desired than gold, it says in verse 10. Even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey, the drippings from the honeycomb. Moreover, your servant, by them your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is the great reward. Do we desire to read, to listen, to obey the Word of God? Do we desire it more than fine gold? Young ones, do you desire to fill your mind with the Word of God more than you do the rubbish that's on TV or on your phones or social media or even mainstream media? Do you fill your mind with the Word of God? Is that our desire? Is that what we revolve around? 
God speaking to us and giving us instruction as to how we should live and how we should go about our life. You know, one thing that the Word of God and that gold have in common is that the deeper you dig, the more you'll find. You just skim the surface, you get a little bit from the Word, but the deeper you dig, the more you'll find. Amen. You find the great riches that are, that are uh, hidden within the Scriptures. The Scriptures are God speaking to us. When we pray, it's us speaking to God. But the Word of God is written so that we might learn from it. Amen. When Charles Spurgeon was asked, what is more important, prayer or Bible reading? He said, I'll ask you a question. What's more important, breathing in or breathing out? You can't breathe out for too long if you don't breathe in. What's more important, breathing in or breathing out? What's more important, reading the Word of God or praying? They're as important as each other. They go hand in hand. I was listening to a quote uh, from Mark Driscoll earlier in the week. He says, the whole goal of reading the Bible is to obey it. We don't read it so that we can argue with other Christians. We don't read it so that we can defend it. We don't read it so that we can show off how much we know or how smart we are. We read it in order to obey it. The Word of God is, is God pouring into us and our obedience is us pouring it out uh, in front of Him for others. We read the Word of God to hear what he has to say to us and what he expects us to be doing, how he expects us to be doing. Verse 12, Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from my hidden faults. Because the law of God is so extensive, because it, it encompasses all of life, how, how are we ever going to recall every time we've, every time we've disobeyed it? Who amongst us can remember everything that we've ever done wrong? We can't. Goes on in verse 13. Keep, your, uh, keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of transgressions. Presumptuous sins, I think, they're speaking of the sins that come from pride and self-seeking and arrogance. You know, pride and selfishness that led to Lucifer's rebellion against God in the very beginning. And I think the psalmist is saying here that if we are to, if we can be kept from those sins, from sins of, of, of pride and, and self-righteousness and arrogance and self-seeking, then the things that we term as bigger sins will be kept from as well. They're no different. They're all sin. Sin is disobedience to God. And I think what, he, what he's saying, it, it, it starts with our arrogance, with our pride and with our selfishness. And from there, our sins just grow. He's asking God to keep him from those sins of, of arrogance and pride. And I think the way that we do that, the way that we're kept from those sorts of things, is... Reminded in verse 14 in a minute, but I've jumped a step. Um, you know, 
the things that we say come from the things that we think about. Yeah, in verse 14 it says, let, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. There's a quote I read the other day, I can't remember where I saw it or, or even who quoted it, who, who, who said it, but um, it says, the things that we daydream about or the things that we consistently think about are actually the things that we serve. Is what we daydream about acceptable in the sight of God? Our prayer should be, verse 14, for each of us. Let the words of my mouth, the things that I say, and the meditation of my heart, the things that I think on, the things that I dwell on, be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. My rock there, I think the psalmist is referring back to the first six verses. In the story of creation, the powerful, almighty God, he's referring to God as a rock. Someone who is immovable, reliable, dependable, trustworthy. And my Redeemer, referring to God, to the God that the law speaks the same God that the law speaks about. The God who wants a relationship with his people. The one who brought us back from sin and shame with the death of his own son. The God that we should be getting to know more and more through reading and obeying his word. May that be uh, an encouragement this afternoon to, you know, when you go outside tonight and you look at the stars and you wonder how far away they are, be reminded that God has all of this in his control. The God who loves you and gave himself for you is the God who put all that in place. The one who is faithful, the one who is wanting a relationship with you, the one who made it possible for us to have a relationship with you. The God of the universe, the God of grace and mercy, love, justice and forgiveness. One and the same. The stories might be different, but they come together to tell us of a God who loves us. And the God who gave himself for us so that we might be in that relationship with him. So that we can call him Father. And he would refer to us as his children. And, and love us and, and provide for us and, and keep us um, in peace and safety and security. The one that is dependable, the one that we can trust. The one who is reliable and faithful as we're reminded of by the sun that goes up and down each and every day. Father, we give you thanks for your word. We thank you for the things in it that remind us of your goodness and your mercy and grace. We give you thanks for the creation, for, the, for where we are in, this, in your creation. We thank you for uh, the reminders of your faithfulness, the reminders of how big you are and the fact that you have all these things in your control. And yet you are not so big that you are far away from us, but you want a relationship with us. You want us to have fellowship with you. You want us to be obedient.
for your word. And Father, we pray that you give us strength to do that. Help us to love one another, to, to care for one another, uh, to encourage one another, and to build one another up. Uh, Father, we pray. Lord, we ask that you give us the strength to do this this week. Uh, and we ask that you just go before us and prepare our way so that we might be able to uh, testify of your goodness uh, to us through this week. Uh, and bring praise and honour and glory to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um,